Lady Charmaine, are you sure this shadow work is light work? It looks questionable to me. It's fine, McZuffy. But what about toxic light work? Ugh, just grab a warm beverage and settle in. In scene, just misfits. Hello, beautiful misfits. Are you fed up with the good vibes only crowd? People telling you where to go and how to be present? Afraid to make your own choices and free to be you? Feeling just trapped? Us too. Join us as we turn the light out on spirituality and get comfortable with the shadows. Right now with Misfit Mondays. Hello, beautiful people. Uh, Nick Zeffi here, pronouns are Zuzim, and with me is Lady Charmaine, as per usual, uh, pronouns are she, hers. Today we chat about reanimating relationships with connection. So we hold with curiosity and care the question of deepening that place of connect with the platinum role. So this is the sequel to Daffodils that we ran last week, and this is the second episode in a trilogy of episodes that asks us to reflect on the platinum rule of treating people the way they want to be treated, not the way that you want to be treated. So it it asks us, how can we seed empathy, germinate compassion, and blossom meaningful relations with ourselves and others? So let's get planted. Um, So this this episode kind of comes from that episode, that uh, that short-lived TV series called uh, Pushing Daisies, where I think it was Ned. I think his name was Ned. Um, But anyways, he had the ability to resurrect people with a single touch, but they died if he did it again. So it was like, so this is, so we're asking ourselves to kind of, how do we look at, how do we deepen that connect without smothering somebody to death with too much affection that doesn't really match what they need? I know there's probably a number of eye rolls out there with some snark along the lines of, come on, Nick Zeffy, how can this be? They need all my love. Yes, and. Let's harken back to that first episode, get us a good yes, and in here. Yes, they need love. We all need that sense of connection in some way or another. But what that connection looks like and feels like is different for a number of people. So, you know, I was talking to Charmaine about this a little bit earlier. You know, how many times have we, like earlier as in like earlier in the day, uh, how many times have we tried to get <laughs> to love on someone in a way that we thought was acceptable just for them to get pissy because it wasn't the way they need? Maybe you gave them like a hug or a kiss when all they wanted was the Netflix and chill without the chill. You know, it is COVID, so social distancing regulations um, right now. So, you know, it, it could happen. I don't know. Or, or you know, maybe someone <laughs> close to you like sent you a quick thank you over text when what you really needed to feel appreciated was that warm embrace, that really like that deep physical connection. Um, it just really hits different sometimes, you know? Um, and also your language to communicate this is also probably going to change over time. So, you know, I want, I'm going to, you know, bring Charmaine in here and talk about reanimating our rela- relationships by saying, fuck you to that golden rule. And then checking in with our needs with the platinum rule through love languages. Um, I don't think this gets enough, you know, attention. Um, Charmaine, I think you know a little bit more about it than I do. Oh, yeah. So, okay. The love languages. And for all of you who are, might be rolling your eyes about this a little bit, please hear me out because this is, this is legit. Uh, So this started with a Dr. Gary Chapman and he wrote the book. You could go out there, go to their website, Google it. You'll find it. The, the love languages. And it's about how people perceive love. Um, and how uh, that sh- that uh, they feel love from different aspects. And he was able to narrow this down to five different aspects. Uh, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. And we all have 
a little bit of everything, usually a little bit, um, but they're going to fall into line differently for all of us. And it was kind of funny because as we were talking about this, <laughs> Zephy and I were texting back and forth and I was dead sure I knew mine. I had taken this quiz a thousand times. I've read the book. I have gone through uh, counseling that talked about it. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more maybe about my relationship uh, this week just because I have used a lot of this in my own relationship. But uh, I used to get so frustrated with my Chris, who is a wonderful partner, um, who is very helpful with household chores, which is awesome because I am a feral wife and am not very domesticated. So it's very awesome that he is um, all about helping with housework. And it, it's very much, I would say it's not split 50-50 at all. It's very much more on him. Uh, and I appreciate him so much for that. Now, today, now, five years ago, that was my biggest beef with him because in my mind growing up with uh, a single mom and and things like housework was housework everybody helped with chores and that was the end of it like it's shit that's got to get done that is not a way to show somebody you love them that shit that's got to be done anyway you're an adult now that's what you got to do um and so I always felt like he would rather spend more time doing dishes than like coming in sitting on the couch with me and spending time with me because I was all about physical touch and um, quality time, words of affirmation. Like those are my top three. And then it was like gifts and acts of service. Acts of service was, that was nothing. That was just being an adult to me. Um, but a lot of this comes back to, again, the way someone shows love in these five categories is oftentimes the way that they most perceive being loved. So while I wasn't up being as helpful with chores and working alongside him, he was seeing that as me not caring as much for him because I wasn't helping in that aspect. Uh, so it really goes both ways. Now I, <laughs> I took that little test again and lo and behold, it's changed as I've grown and uh, started to uh, not feel like my partner has to be the end all be all of my happiness. And I have matured in so many ways. Uh, mine have gone up. A little different. And now my top one is quality time. Actually, I take that back. It's receiving gifts, which I used to tell myself that I am not materialistic in that fashion, but it doesn't have to be big gifts. Like to me now, um, if my Chris starts my car in the morning and so that I go out to a already like defrosted warm vehicle, that's an act of service. And that is an act of love that he's given. And when it comes to gifts, it's like 
he goes to the store and he buys me my favorite chocolate bar because he just happened to see it. And he was like, here, I thought you might like some dark chocolate. It doesn't, I'm not asking for Tiffany diamonds. Not that I'm going to say no to them, but that's not what I'm talking about when it comes to gifts. It's a little of everything. Um, and the physical touch and words of affirmation, while they're still in there, they've just moved down and everything's become a little more regulated. And I don't have this huge uh, percentage gap of what I expect or what it takes for me to feel loved. Now, um, we talked a bit about this today. And now that we know what the love languages are, uh, some of those have been extremely affected in a time of COVID when we are social distancing and uh, sheltering, quarantining in place, uh, that some people are not getting some of those love language needs met. Your uh, love tank is not getting filled up. Your love tank. Yeah. And if your love tank isn't getting filled up, you can't go to the love shack. So um, for me, I haven't necessarily had that end of it. I almost have way too much energy in my home because there's people here. Um, if I was living alone, I think that that would be a very different story. And I would feel very differently about my time in 2020. Um how are you feeling? Exactly. I mean, I'm still trying to petition to get them to add like spreadsheets and cheese to like, you know, love languages because like, <laughs> like there's nothing that sounds good, better, better than me than one talking nerdy to me and giving me a plate of fucking cheese. And that's not even an act of a service or gift. I don't even need you to give it to me. I just need to have it. Even if I'm, even if it just randomly magically appears in my space and manifests out of nowhere, like giving my cheese and my spreadsheets. And if it's got a pivot table, it's a it's a it's a it's a train straight to pound town right there. Let me tell you what, like <laughs> nothing like a pivot table to get you in a different position. Yeah. Um. But yeah, with this COVID thing, and well, you know, and I want to, uh, you know, and after we talk about COVID, I want to take a step forward too, because I, I think also love languages change with like I think there's sometimes where trauma events happen and like your love languages change, and I think COVID is kind of. Is, and the reason why I bring this up is because COVID for a lot of us was trauma. Like it was a it was a collective trauma experience. I mean, I know for me, so like my my um my two are actually physical touch and quality time. Um, and being somebody who lives alone, I've got neither of those. Like I don't remember the last time I was actually really hugged from somebody or actually got to spend like real quality time with somebody. Um, just because COVID's changed that dynamic. Um, and it's not really accessible to me. And so a lot of what I've had to do is figure out. Um, and I think this is great too, because this is also giving us, this is, I'm getting like downloads in my head because we didn't really plan this episode. But anyway, so this is like strategies for dealing with this. Um, it's kind of where I'm edging into this, but I think too, it was finding what are ways that I could spend quality time with myself? What are ways that I could physical touch with myself? And I'm talking about masturbation here, people. Like I ordered, like, I don't even know. It's like a, it's like a prostate tickler or something. Like, so I figured out like when, you know, these love languages aren't available, um, with, to me with relationships with other people like how could I cultivate this love language within myself and and you know and create this place of deeper connect and figure out what that looks like because I wasn't getting it um and so yeah it just meant that there's more you know solo sexy times it meant that there was more time of me you know finding what gives me joy where is my pleasure where is where is liberation for me in this self-love 
Um, and it was like getting back into baking and getting back into reading. I think I binge watched a shit ton of things on Hulu um, over the course too. Like, so getting back into that. So it's it a lot of just reconnecting with what makes me tick. Um, and I think that was kind of where that, that aha moment during COVID was for me was figuring out like, how do I adapt this love language to be something where I can love on myself a little bit more? Mm, baby, I love loving on myself. So I'm all for that. Uh, with or without a partner, um, living alone or not living alone, I think that, you know, truly self-love is the ultimate rebellion in the world we live in. It's the ultimate rebellion uh, to love yourself enough to to care about how you feel and uh what brings you joy and uh what you want and how you want it that that is an act of beautiful glorious self-loving rebellion and i am here for it all day air day air day we're gonna do that uh you know i have found too it was kind of funny i'm gonna i'm gonna take this back to physical touch because, uh, as we've said in past episodes, uh, consent is mandatory. Consent is mandatory. And I'm going to say this. We talked about uh, treating people the way they want to be treated rather than the way we want to be treated. And I am a very touchy-feely, huggy-lovey person. I am a fluffy vibrant woman who wants to hug up on you and just love on everybody. It's true. It's just my personality and I am a hugger. Uh, I have, of course, been very good about changing my ways and asking consent before hugging others, um, before just going in um, and totally creeping someone out, weirding them out, giving them all the wrong vibes. Uh, I have a a friend who played that I used to play roller derby with. Of course, we're all touching each other on the court, you know, bumping into each other, running into each other off the court, not a hugger does not want to be touched. Um, so you know, it's a lot of it has to do not just with the person it has to do with the environment. It might have to do with um, not just the environment, but the people, other people within the environment as to uh, what makes someone feel comfortable or loved. You know, if some people are not into PDAs, you know, they do not want a, a hand holding in public or a kiss on the cheek, but in private, they're all for the, you know, the touch. Um, so it's really, again, it comes back to knowing yourself communic- and then communicating that and recognizing it in other people. You know, now when I see people, uh, you know, some people are cheerleaders. Like they are the words of affirmation people. They are going to be there and they're going to give you those words of affirmation. Um, and I try to give that back to them in turn if they're showing up in that way, because again, a lot of times the way that someone shows up is the way they also receive love. Um, but then having those conversations or saying, Hey, you know what? That really filled my cup. Cause that is one of my top love languages. 
what's your love language? And start that conversation. How do you feel loved? How could I help you feel more loved? Um, and opening it up so that you are making that space uh, for someone to be treated the way they want to be treated. I love that. And I think that's beautiful. And I think, you know, and, and I think it really hits home for this, um, this idea that that language might change depending on circumstance. Cause I also think it changed like, and it's, I think these loved languages are something that's a little flexible too. Like they change as we grow and as we evolve as people and as we come into ourselves, I think that we start understanding different ways of how we operate and how we move in the world. And I think we really just need a definition thing. Cause now that I'm thinking about that, like we use words like how we move in the world, how we operate, like relational dynamics and things like this. And they feel very big sometimes. So I think we might need to like, you know, step, taking a step back and getting on a random fucking tangent, like just having like a, a you know, a Misfit Monday's dictionary. Cause I think sometimes we use, I get into my like social justice kind of warrior. Did um, you say thing. a glossary? Or a, or a dictionary or something, just something. Cause like I'm big on language and sometimes I feel like I use words that um, are too big or too like inaccessible to people. Um, but anyways, back to we'll um, add, like, we'll, we'll add it to the Patreon. We'll add it. Um, and, but anyways, back to that thing about love languages changing, like sometimes that changes um, and that's okay. Um, and, and, and it changes because the way that you're moving in the world is changing a little bit differently. Because I know, and we talked about, like, my parents' death, like, in the grief episode, like, that special episode, I think, two weeks ago now, one week ago, I don't even know, whenever it was, three weeks ago, where, where we did a grief episode called One Sweet Day, and I talked about my parents dying, um, and I think that was where my love language changed, um, where it kind of got cemented, because I realized, I lost them when I was young, like, I wasn't, I don't even think I was 20 yet, so I had just barely started living, like, I, I you know, I, I, as um, I said earlier, and Actually, and I want to take a step back here, too, because I want to start moving away from the word died or passed. Um, there's somebody who actually talked about this. Um, I heard him say the word transitioned, and I love that word so much because it's like that. For me, when you say transition, it's like your essence is still here, and you get to move from one space to another. So it's not like you're gone. You're just not necessarily really here anymore. But anyways, so I think that when my parents transitioned, um, that was where I realized that I wasn't going to be able to touch them anymore. I wasn't going to be able to spend quality time with them again. And I think that is where my, you know, the foundations for what my love language looks like showed up was because that was what became important. Because I think that when I was growing up, you know, I was a real asshole. Like before the, like the last two to three years, I was a real just a jerk and a dick to people nine times out of 10. Like I was just not a very pleasant person to be around. I was very selfish, um, very egocentric. I think I might've even been a tad racist too. Um, like there, it was just, I was just a whole fucking mess. Um, and I think that all these experiences, and I say that to say, because I think all these experiences have taught me a lot of how to just be a better fucking human. Um, not even better, I think improved or how to really move away from those things that you think you are because you think you're, because I think that the way I was doing it was I was trying to get something in the way that I knew how I could get it. Like it was a learned experience. And then I learned that those weren't necessarily the ways to do it because it kept causing harm and it kept causing conflict and it kept causing, you know, drama and all these other things. Um, so all that to say is like, I realized that, you know, as time went on, I realized that I wasn't spending time with my parents, even when they were around, I wasn't, um, doing, um, physical touch with them, even when they were around, there was a, just a lot of things. And I think, you know, all of, I think when they transitioned, it made me realize that those are like stolen moments that I can't get back. And those are moments where, you know, now I'm trying to be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more conscious and a little bit more impactful with how I move, which is why 
for me, it's like, those are very physical acts because those are things that we can't really back. Like for me, gifts and acts of service are things that, um, they're always going to be there. There's some tangible reminder for them. There's something there, but like that, that, that spending quality time and that, um, that physical touch is something that's in the here and now it's a very present thing. And it, and it feels, it feels your present. And I'm a very, now I'm a very present focused person and kind of living right now in the moment and using this moment to decide what comes next. So for me with this love language, um, that physical touch and that, um, and Oh God, where the physical touch and, um, the quality time are ways for me to acknowledge that I am here with you. I don't need that gift as something to remind me. I know that you are here and this is, we got this moment and this moment was very impactful. This moment meant something to me. It was meaningful. And I know that that works much the same way for everybody at love languages. But for me, I think just because that loss and that grief still feels very real for me, this was a way for me to say, I'm going to do things differently. And so that was kind of how that love language evolved. And yeah. And I think it's just a lot like, you know, back to that person who was talking about transitioning, he made a great point about people like he's a, he's a, his name is pastor Daryl Brown. He's in Omaha, Nebraska, love him to pieces. Um, but he's an HIV AIDS person. He does a lot of like outreach work. Um, and he was talking about, um, people dying from HIV AIDS and he was like, that's medically inaccurate. Da, 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 da. Um, um, it's, there's people who will develop other things, um, because their immune system is compromised. But all that to say, um, I asked him, so curious me, I have a question like, you know, when, um, would it be better to say that somebody, um, died from complications from AIDS? And he made this like really great point of, um, what did he say? Uh, he said, it's, it's most important to utilize language improved by those who are most impacted. Um, but also like, it's just meeting, again, meeting people where they're at, having that compassion, having that empathy and figuring out like, where do you fit into this? Um, so I feel like that was really random <laughs> and rambly. Um, but the basic gist was love languages change how you feel. And how you, I mean, you're allowed to grow and develop as a person and to kind of mature into somebody and your past mistakes don't really define you. You just kind of got to learn with them and figure and roll with them. And I know that it didn't really have a lot. It in some ways it didn't really have a lot to do with what we were talking, but it was all my spirit. So that's what you're going to get. It's, <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, a lot of love languages is just, just figuring out like, how do people want to receive love? How do they want to receive attention? And then also like, how do, how do you want to do it? And can you, and can you cultivate that love within yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> cultivate that love within yourself. I love that. I feel so buzzy right now because this is what happens when I get all energized and spirit flow and all this stuff. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I feel like that. I just feel like that's that. I do too. We're not doing (laughs) it. We're not doing a guided meditation. I just feel like that's it. You get what you get. You don't throw a fit. This is what we said. And sit with it. Sit with that. Just sit with that. And figure out your own damn love language. You know, take the time. Do a little research about yourself. If you don't know what your love language is based on this conversation, go do some research and figure it out. And then share it with somebody. 
anybody. Tell a friend. Oh, be like, let you know us what? Know. Yeah, let us know. Throw it in our uh, Instagram feed, on our Facebook. Misfit Mondays. Misfit Mondays. I love knowing people's love language. Because actually when I found out your love language was like um, gifts and you were having a bad day today, I was like, you know, I put on a sparkly sweatshirt just for you today. I know, and I sent you a picture of it. I was like, this beautiful. is how I can, this is how I can give you a little bit of like affection. It's small, but it's, it's still like, and it's even that, it's, I think that's a big thing. It's like even small acts of affection are good things too. Hey, better a little of something than a lot of nothing. Ooh, that's a great place to end. That's it. That's it. We're done people. Thank you for listening. We will catch you Bye. next week. Love and kisses. <laughs> Thank you for spending time with us on this week's Misfit Mondays. If you love what you hear, subscribe to new episodes and drop a review. Or connect with us on Patreon and Instagram. We're looking forward to catching you right here next week. Thanks, folks.